Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin. Many of us feel terrified to quit or fail at something. Whether it's the fear of the unknown or embarrassment of failing at something new, being afraid to quit can actually keep us from something better. Today, I'm chatting with serial entrepreneur, Lori Harder, about getting over the fear of the unknown, sunk cost fallacies, and how to reframe quitting as the pivot to a new beginning. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the show. So nice to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. I just got to do a show with you last week on my show. So it's a double dose. Yeah, absolutely. So I want you to start by telling us your background and what you currently do for anyone who's never heard of you before, because you have a lot of different job titles. (laughs) You know, the older I get, the more I'm like, how do I make this quick? (laughs) Yeah, like quick and concise. What's your actual elevator pitch? (laughs) Oh my God. I think for your show too, it's, it's like, important for people to know that I have pivoted a lot and I come from a background where I was actually a high school dropout. So I officially have not graduated and that held me back for a really long time. So I'm from a really small town in upper Michigan and I was born in a more restrictive religion. So until I was 18, I really did not have any aspirations to do anything outside of selling essentially the Bible to people. So for me, my career and what I really have talked about for my entire career is really learning how to create supportive places for yourself when you're not supported by your own friends and family, or when you don't have those people in your life, in your current reality, where it even looks like you could become the thing that you want to become. So it's like, how do we create these places for us in our life if that's not your current reality? So at about 18, I moved out and I did all the things that you would do if if you were raised in a more restrictive lifestyle. And into my 20s, I really started getting into wanting to help people with their health and fitness after I was on my own journey. And after that, I learned how to monetize that. And when you're in the fitness industry, and when you start doing that, you learn that kind of fitness is the first step to almost like a spiritual breakthrough where you start to realize that, yes, you're now getting that fitness in order and you, it opens you up to other things. So I find that when I was helping people on their, on their fitness routine, it was like, these women can't really even stay on this routine because they don't have the money for it. And now we need to start helping them make money. So that was when I actually got into network marketing. It was a like a supplement company that could help these women. So it was like this natural kind of next step. But what 
what happened is I fell in love with business and learning how to help women make money. And from there, after network marketing, I got into actual entrepreneurship as well. So it was like personal development events and e-courses, then entrepreneurship. And now I'm in this world of business and creating actual physical products, which I have my first one launching around January time. So it's been quite the journey and a lot of different pivots and a lot of learning how to create these communities that support me as I'm pivoting. Because I think none of us have these communities already while we're thinking of pivoting or getting into business. And I think it's just as important as the product that you're going to create or the thing that you're going to create that you also take that time to really invest into what containers are you creating that are going to support you for where you're going. I completely agree, especially I think entrepreneurship can be a very lonely journey at times. Some people are lucky and they have an amazing co-founder or a team that they're already part of, but the loneliness of being a solopreneur, entrepreneur, or even just navigating, trying to run a business as a side hustle, any of that kind of stuff is really, really challenging. And so to your point about building communities, I think is really, really helpful. You also have an amazing podcast called Earn Your Happy, which really covers a lot of different topics. So I would encourage anybody to check it out. Obviously you mentioned earlier I was on the show, but it's interesting because like I, I listened to the one where you had an accountant come on or a fractional mm-hmm. CFO and it's like learning how to run a business and being able to manage your finances and like, what are the tips and what do you, like, do you need to have a, a full-time person? And so I think there's just a lot of really good advice that you cover. And I, I can understand why it's maybe challenging to answer the question of like, what do you do? Cause you do a lot of stuff, but I think ultimately it's coming across very clearly. I think what you're helping women do and doing yourself and using yourself kind of as a guinea pig is, is really inspiring. So today we're actually talking about quitting, which is <laughs> very interesting because we often hear, you know, quitting is for losers and like, don't quit, you know, hard work, but you actually have a message about the fact that quitting can actually be a really good thing and quitting is for winners. So I want to start just by, you know, what is your relationship with quitting, which sounds like at 18, you had a a big quit moment, but what's your overall relationship with quitting? You know, it's interesting because quitting is just the next step of a new beginning. So it's kind of a closing of a chapter that was, and I think that we You know, when people say like, oh, I'm in like a, a really hard point in my life or in this toxic relationship, I actually believe that it was because the thing that you were in or the person that you're with, you just have expired. And it's like when food expires, right? And you keep it beyond, like we all know if we've kept onions for way too long, like past whatever expiration date that they should have written on them, even though they never do, that it starts to actually turn toxic. And I think that when we don't learn how to quit things or quit people, that that is when we start to get that point in our life where we're we feel tired, we're exhausted, we're frustrated, we're starting to resent people, we're feeling really stuck, we're feeling like we're in a really long winter season, we're feeling like this person is so wrong or terrible or or whatever stories we're starting to put on them. And I think it's just because we have not quit the thing that was actually meant to be a small chapter and not an entire book in our lives. So the relationship that I have with quitting is not quitting too early, but really going through kind of a series of questions and putting it through a process in order to understand, should we quit on that thing or not? Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. 
where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of people listening to this who are maybe thinking, should I quit a job? And maybe it's not the job. Maybe it's the bad manager, the bad coworker or the bad project. I'm curious, you talked about you have a process that you go through with quitting. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that not having a process in place is also what keeps people from quitting bad people, bad places, bad energy, whatever you want to call it, because they have this fear of the unknown. You know, maybe this isn't that bad. Maybe the next thing will be worse. How do I keep the next thing from, you know, being better? And so I almost think what keeps people from quitting bad relationships or or bad jobs or anything like that is they don't have a process. So can you talk a little bit about that? I think the first thing is to get kind of exactly what you said. You have to get really real about your current situation because I think our current situation's problems, a lot can be us, right? It's that, it's that quote, everywhere you go, there you are. And so <laughs> yeah. we have to really say if we're in, if we're in a job or position, let me use this example. So I had opened a gym and I loved it and I was doing personal training and I also did like group workouts on the weekends and also had it rented out to some other people so they could also train within there. And when I had gotten into network marketing, it started going really well. And I wanted to close my gym because I felt like I was over it, right? We're like, I've done this long enough. I'm so like, I can't be a, you you get into this place where you're like, I can't be a therapist anymore. Like, I just want to be in this other thing, right? We all have this other thing that we're romanticizing. And I'm like, network marketing is making me money, but it wasn't covering enough of our life yet. So I couldn't quit the thing. But at that time, I was kind of making my current situation, the enemy. And I wanted to just jump all into network marketing and I was romanticizing it. It's going to be so great and whatever this looks like. So my husband was like, okay, you're not doing it yet. And number one, I was real pissed off because I was like, don't tell me what to do. I want to do this other thing. He's like, Lori, let's sit down and actually like map this out and really look at things. So we looked at what were the things that I didn't necessarily love about training right now. And could I get really, really grateful though, for what it was serving me for the next chapter. And so it was like, oh, I don't love that. You know, I feel this way when I'm training this client or these people, I don't love that they have this thing. And it was like, okay, well, that's not an issue that's going to go away. That's a boundary issue with me. So it was kind of really going, I'm just going to take this feeling into the next thing and have the same problems. So it was not only getting grateful for what I had, but grateful for the lessons that this was prepping me for. So 
I backed up and said, how could I love this right now? Because I am going to set a goal that I'm going to stay in this until I hit this number in the network marketing, and then I can let go of the gym and I'm going to go into this. So that's something also that we had set and that I still do to this day. If I'm going to pivot into something fully, what mm-hmm. is the number in which I'm going to be comfortable to hit in order to then let go of the other thing? Because let me tell you, if you don't have that and you think it's just going to all transfer over and all that extra time is going to go into the thing, it's actually not because you're not prepared for it. You're not set up. And I don't think until you can really become that person who can do both at the same time, I don't think you're ready to make the next thing, the bigger thing that's in your head. So going back though, into some of the questions that we were asking, it was like, how do we make sure we don't carry our old bad habits and old resentments into this new thing? So I think writing down and getting really real about what you don't like about that current position and learning how to make it good within the current position is the only way to start making yourself prepared for the next thing. And you can then decide if you can kind of like quit and leave that thing. Are you the person who could be equipped for the next thing as well? That's a really good point. The sort of you take yourself wherever you go because you can be unhappy in a job and be blaming everyone else. And then you show up to the next job and you end up having this cycle of, you know, why have my last three jobs, you know, they sold it this way. And I thought it was going to be like this, but maybe there's some ownership of like, am I asking the right questions in the interview process? Or maybe I don't prefer, I don't like to work with people who have this type of leadership style. And I keep finding bosses that have that leadership style or whatever it is. But to your point, that self-reflection piece is so important so that you can have that clarity ask those right questions, get in the better situation. I I think that's just a really, really good point to make. What do you think keeps people from quitting overall? Oh, I ultimately that's just fear and uncertainty. And, (laughs) and the thing is, you know, I think going through, so my husband and I in 2007, 2008, when everything, you know, crashed, he was in the mortgage and in finance world. And up until then, I just want to share, like, we thought everything was solid in his career. Like he was like all about climbing the ladder. This is the most sure thing that we can do. And so it's like that disappeared overnight. Everything disappeared. We lost our house. We lost our cars. We had to start from zero. We were, we borrowed his parents' entire retirement fund. They bailed us, like tried to bail us out, but we were still $300,000 in debt because we were living way beyond our means. So that very sure thing turned into a actual nightmare where in the Midwest, $300,000 at the time, you guys was like, might as well have been $3 million. And that taught me that nothing is certain. And the only certain thing is that you can decide that that you are the one who is going to make the decisions and be in control of your future. Meaning, yes, we could, you know, go to another job and that could also fail or that could also close or that could also collapse. But ultimately, if I start to shift my belief, which this takes a lot of work, this is not easy. Some of you are listening to this and you're like, oh, hell no. Like, how do you even do that? But if you start to believe that no matter what, you're going to be okay because you're going to put the work in to go find the job or create the job or do two side hustles on the side. Or like, 
I always go to worst case scenario and I say, okay, worst case scenario, all of these things that I think I have a skill set in disappear or go away. Can I take time to learn how to do something while I DoorDash? Like, this is what I have to do, Lauren. Like, okay, mm-hmm. could I DoorDash? Could I go and do this thing? Could I go and maybe go back to personal training? Could I, what are the things that I could go back to when I decide that I could do worst case scenario? I feel a lot more free to go and take risks in something else because I think I've now done almost 1100 podcasts. That is so many hours with people who are awesome. <laughs> and if yeah, I, it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. If I can tell you one thing that they have all said is that you have to have a risk tolerance to do this. You have to start flexing your risk muscle in order to be successful because only banking and betting on the certain things that is sure to keep you average or below. It's just the truth. It will keep you average or below. You have to take risks in being able to go to your boss at your job and create something, create a promotion for yourself, create a new position for yourself, create a place where you can add more value, whatever that looks like. But that's a big risk to take to go and say, hey, I think that I could do this, or I think that I could put more on my plate, or I think that we need this. What does that look like? And to be that person who all of a sudden is constantly always flexing that muscle, I will tell you now as a boss, I'm going to give responsibilities to those people. I'm going to give those people the opportunities. I'm going to trust those people more because I say that person, that woman, that guy, they are going to be the person to step up. They're going to be the ones who have the enthusiasm, who are going to create that thing. Like I'm going to want to work with those people. So take the risk, but know that if you go to that place where you've already done worst case scenario, then you can handle it. If you can honestly say, I could handle that if I go and do this thing. And if I fail, then you're going to be. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H track, all wheel drive and three row seating. My whole family can head deep into the wild, conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask, you know, quitting and failing are those words kind of go together. And 
obviously we're, we're business owners and most businesses fail, right? And there's that risk of failure or the embarrassment of failure. And, you know, to the people listening, maybe you work for a company, you're like, I don't want to fail at this job. I don't want to get laid off or, you know, whatever this, and so there's this feeling of embarrassment if you quit or you fail something, (laughs) how do you, Mm -hmm. how do you manage that? How do you mean? Like there's that push and pull with the ego and the narratives you tell yourself. And also like we all are sharing these highlight reels. You know, I, I was thinking a lot about this because, you know, people on LinkedIn, are at this place where they're sharing, like, I've been laid off. I've been looking for a job for four months. I've had this many interviews. And I'm like, wow, that takes so much guts to share this like outward fail piece with people quitting, Mm. failing all that. So, so what's your advice for people who are maybe in the thick of it right now where they feel like a failure or they feel like they're a quitter and, and how do they get to the other side? You know, I, I think you have to also shift your mentality because I was just thinking that when winners look at people who have, who are in failure right now, I'm literally like, oh no, you're winning. Like you're an actual winner because you are willing to fail. And so I think that, you know, when people come to me and they're like, oh, I tried this thing and I failed. I'm like, I freaking love you. What else can we fail at to get to that next thing? And Lauren, I love that you asked this question because I, I am about to show all my lowlights and I can't wait because it's one of the things that I think is most important for us to share. I mean, I I have to share a story with you guys because I just am coming out of the worst, what felt like failure of my entire career. So in 2020, right before COVID, I raised $2 million from 54 female investors. And when I say 54 women, it was women that I look up to that I swung for the mother freaking fences. It's some are celebrities. Some are people that it was like, I had no right asking them for money. I was so passionate about what I was creating and still am. It still has the same mission, but it's pivoted now. And that kind of gives you a little insight. So raised $2 million from these women because I knew that in order for me to do this next thing in my career, I would have to be held so accountable. I literally did that because I believe you have to put so much on the line that your higher self has to be forced to come out. And so this was that part of my journey that it was like, oh my God, now I have to do this. Like I could, I get really emotional even saying it out loud because it was calling me up to the highest standard that I have set myself to yet. And I knew that if I did this, I wouldn't quit. Now, No, I wouldn't quit. I didn't say I wouldn't fail. I said I wouldn't quit. So I go through a year of fundraising in order to raise this money. It took me a a solid year of uh, tons of phone calls because I was very specific. I only wanted female investors and they were harder to find in my network at that time. And so the year goes by. I'm working on getting this company out. COVID is happening. It is like my actual nightmare because it's a physical product. I started it as a as a non-alcoholic wine spritz and an alcoholic wine spritz. So they were both like two beverages for women to connect over. So it was about connecting and collaborating. I had three questions on the back of the can that were really deep questions that I promised you that after you ask these three questions to a stranger to, or to whoever you're consuming this cocktail with, that you would get answers in your life that you needed. And so that's what it was all about. And this woman-backed company, all of these things. Okay, well, during the pandemic, there was something called the candemic where you couldn't actually even get cans. You know that all these co-packers and manufacturers all actually shut down. I lost a ton of money. I actually ended up burning through half of the money trying to get this thing up in order to get out. And it just never, we could never get it to the finish line because this just all the doors kept closing and people shipping went up. My costs went up. I essentially washed 
watched my margins completely disappear. So I'm in a place of going, I failed. What was I thinking? Why did I do a thing I know nothing about? Like, I felt like such an idiot. Like I have to let all of these women down and let them know like, Hey, I don't think we can do this anymore. So I was up hours, hours for like six months straight. I was drinking more wine. I was, I literally was gaining weight. I had anxiety through the roof. I started having panic attacks. I just kept trying to push this thing up a hill. And I was like, no, this can't be it. This can't be the end of this, you know? So essentially what ended up happening is my higher self, thank God, I don't even know, like just came in and said, you need to go get some freaking help, go get some really smart business people to get eyes on this, have them look at your numbers. So I got these people together and I was like, this is the reality of where I'm at right now. What do I do? These are people who have created companies. They're like, just pivot. Like, this is not a big deal. This happens all the time. And I'm sitting here making it such a big deal. And this is what we do. If you're listening right now, you're making something a really big deal that if you would go and talk to people who are in it with you, they would make it seem so insignificant and go, this is a part of your journey. This is not a big deal. Let's get it together. I'm going to hold you for a second and then I'm going to kick you in the ass and we're going to go. And so this is essentially what happened. I had some really smart people say, this is not a big deal. Here's your numbers. You would be a dumbass to stay in this. Like this was the language they're using. Like, don't stay in this. This is not smart anymore. You have other ideas. Let's look at it. Like, let's look at the options. Let's look at the opportunities. In one day, I made the decision to call it. Even though there was all that time, all that money and all that effort, it took me one day after a conversation like that to go and then start another idea that I actually had brewing that fits my community so much better, that actually helps women get paid, that serves the purpose even more and move into this other thing. Now, it wasn't easy though, writing that investor letter and disappointing people and the anxiety. And let me tell you, hitting send, I like prayed over that letter, hitting send, crying, freaking out. No one's ever going to invest in me again. What are they going to say online? No one's going to support me. It was so well received the way that we had written it and just being so brutally honest about what was happening that it was so well received and so much relief that I'm like, how did I put myself through that personal hell for so long without reaching out and having these conversations? Well, it's a really good lesson of you got to step out of it because, and, and reframe it. And the quitting is pivoting. The failure is a pivot. And there's such a thing as the sunk cost fallacy. And it's like, that's gone, you know? And it's like, you have to move on instead of, as you said, like putting yourself through hell and torturing yourself over that. And I think that's true with people in their careers too. You know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I've picked a couple bad jobs. Those are, that's a sunk cost. You know, you've, you've done those things, but let's, let's start shifting that mindset to pivoting. I think that is a really just insightful advice. And also it's a reframe that a lot of people need. I mean, this is, you know, we're near the end of 2023. I think it has been a weird, tough year for a lot of people. There was research that came out the other day that they're dubbing this the great gloom because people are more unhappy than ever before. And it's like, maybe what we all need is to quit and not put ourselves through the the hell mm-hmm. and let's pivot. You know, 2024 is that fresh start and and we get to pivot into that. Lori, this has been really, really good advice. I would love for you to share with people more about where can they find you, listen to you, all the links, because people want to follow your journey. And this is really exciting for you that you have your your new pivot baby coming out in 2024, which I think is is all better timing for you too. <laughs> oh God, oh, tw- that is right on about 2023. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. I love that you are such a beautiful, just asset and spot for people to go to learn about this. This is the good stuff. So every 
everything is pretty much that I chat about is at earn your happy. And then also on Instagram, I'm a pretty open book with advice and, and everything that I am pivoting into. And that's just at Lori Harder. Amazing. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Please take your time to rate, review, and subscribe. Insider tip, one review equals a thousand new downloads. And that's the number one way that you can support our show so we can be back here each week with amazing guests. I will also be offering a giveaway of Lori's book, A Tribe Called Bliss. To enter, leave a comment on today's Instagram reel with your biggest takeaway from today's episode. And then we will pick the winner and send them the book. 